Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It is the Monday show on a Tuesday again because the bank holiday uh, are not our friends here. The Everything is Black and White podcast. But fear not, me and Aaron are back to talk about Newcastle United and their 1-1 draw with Chelsea, which secured them the fourth place in the Premier League. For a moment, it did look like they would finish third, but it was not to be. But it was a lovely bank holiday weekend, capped off by that point at Stamford Bridge. Did you have a, a nice, a nice break? Um, no, not really. Work yesterday, work Sunday, so no, actually haven't had a break all, so all weekend. So you didn't get to enjoy the sunshine? No, I didn't, unfortunately. But before we start, I did, right, and I went to the county show in Northumberland, and uh, there was a little craft store there, and I've wanted to buy this image for a long time. This is a Newcastle United mismatch. You've probably seen it on social media, so I bought this, got it framed, been told I'm not allowed to put it up anywhere in the house, so goodness <laughs> knows where it's going to go. But the kind gentleman who designed it, Alex Bennett there, then gave us one for the office, a nice A3 one. So I haven't unwrapped it yet because I want to get a frame for it, but it will go up behind us on the wall. I mean, I absolutely love it. We're going to get him on the podcast in the summer as well to discuss some of these magic moments. And I guess the funny thing is, Aaron, that this season alone, you probably could fill half a page, half a new page, because there's been so many memorable moments uh, under Eddie Howe and the, the, the ownership for the 2022 23 campaign so i'm looking forward to seeing version two of this in a few years time so thank you uh, alex for that and look out for that podcast later in the summer but we are here to talk about the final game of the 2022-23 campaign like we said newcastle down at chelsea at stanford bridge um how what did you make of it did it feel like the final game of the season um, certainly towards the, the back end of the game, I think it had a real feel of two teams with absolutely nothing to play for, tiredness set in. Um, you know, I, I, I messaged um, a friend of mine who was in the away end and said, what, what was it like? You know, it sounded brilliant. And he said, absolutely terrible game, really good atmosphere. And it did sound like it was a fantastic away end. Um, but the, yeah, the second half of the game was, was an absolute snooze fest, wasn't it really? Newcastle started the game, you know, really well. They were quick. They had a few chances. The Isaac was proven to be an absolute nuisance. But like you said, I guess when you've achieved everything you want to achieve, and as much as we say Eddie Howe has this high standard and he's always going to want to win games, you're going to have that bit of fatigue. Your mind will wander to to where you're jetting out to, I suppose, this week and, and, and getting ready for a well-earned break. Yeah, definitely. I thought they started well. Obviously, they, they, they got on the score sheet early. I thought they looked pretty dangerous it was a very attacking team from Eddie Howe it was pretty much Bruno and then um, five attackers in front of him um, 
But as you say, other things on their mind, nothing really to play for. Does anyone really care about finishing third or fourth? I know a lot of fans have told us in the comments section of the Chronicle that they aren't really asked in the last couple of days. So, yeah, maybe it was just a case of that, nothing to play for. Chelsea, I think they just probably wanted to get that season over about three months ago. Um, so, yeah, not one that will go down you know, in the memory. What did you make of the team? Obviously, Target came in for, for Burn. Uh, we expected it to be Anderson and Gomeresh, and then you had obviously long staff missing out. Julian, I think he's already back in in Brazil by his Instagram. So Gordon then placed in the kind of the, the, the other central role. Then St. Maxman over the left, Isaac in the centre, and, and Wilson on the bench. Can you read into anything about that starting eleven, or is that just that is the starting eleven for the last game of the season? I don't think you can read too much into it. I think maybe if we can take one thing away from it, it's that maybe Gordon. Um, Eddie Howe might think that he can actually play in the midfield three rather than out wide. Um, I mean, I'm given the the very thankless task every week of predicting the the eleven for the the weekend games, and didn't expect that team. Didn't expect Gordon to be in the midfield three. I was happy with the lineup. Good to see Anderson start. Good to see Target get a run out. Um, good to see Lewis Miley come on. I'm sure we'll talk about that in more detail. But yeah, um, I don't think you can really look at that and think, "Ooh, has he given us any clues?" You know, he was pretty decimated by injuries, a lot of fatigue, a lot of players that had been playing through the pain. Um, and I think it just sort of screamed a game that, you know, a team that didn't really need, need to win the game. But I feel like a massive moment for Anthony Gordon. He's not had it easy. Certain sections of the fan base just don't think he fits into this Newcastle United side. Questions of his, his attitude and, and what have you. So for him to get a goal, I think is massive. And I think that really could be the, the platform, platform for him to go on and really achieve what clearly the likes of Eddie Howe and Steve Nixon and Dan Ashworth believe he can achieve at Newcastle United. Yeah, it was interesting. I think, you know, that combination for the first goal, Anderson to, to Gordon, is a very, very popular combination. Two players that haven't really been given too much of a chance this season, but we know there's potential there. Fans really want to see them. Um, and I think... Gordon's such an interesting one. He hasn't had the easiest time of it. He struggled with injuries. He had a very, very ugly exit from Everton. It's pr no doubt weighed on his mind. Um, but to see the support that was out in force from at the weekend, you know, Sunday when he was announced in the team sheet, everybody happy to see him. Um, you know, everybody absolutely delighted for him to get off the mark. That new chant that they've, you know, started, the, the Gordon and Madrid one, you know, I've seen so many fans over the weekend saying they can't get out the head. There's a lot of support for this kid. And I think if we sort of go back to December when he was first linked, you know, I, I didn't expect for the, the sort of the fans to buy into him this quickly. I did. I did because I think the fans buy into what Eddie Howe and Dan Ashworth are trying to achieve at Newcastle United. They've done their homework just as they will do their homework this summer on the players they buy in. And they will look for players who can fit into the dressing room who work their socks off, can play to Eddie Howe's style of football. And yes, it might take a little while to, 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 to see that in practice, but it will happen and I trust them to make the decisions. And I do think a full pre-season under Eddie Howe will just work wonders for he, Anthony Gordon. He's the one, isn't he? He's the one next season where, you, where you're looking at and thinking, if any player is going to kick on and, and 10x what they've done this season, it's Gordon. As you keep saying, full pre-season under Howe, get him settled in, get him properly acquainted with his teammates. He's the one next season where I look at and think, right, okay, big season ahead of him, you know, big price tag. 
needs to sort of ride this wave that he's had the last week or two into the summer, into next season, and hopefully justify that price tag. Gordon's time will come. What sections of fans uh, we were all behind the team as a whole, please. Hilarity. I mean, it, Gordon. Uh, sorry, Dennis. There with that comment. I mean, if you go on social media, it didn't it doesn't take uh, long to find the section of fans who weren't maybe buying into Anthony Gordon as much as I would. But I'm not saying it was a majority; it was a minority. But you know, they were there. And, I, and I'm not saying it is. You know, when he signed, there wasn't too many people complaining. I think by the time he was, he'd pretty much gone on strike and Everton. The, the tide had changed, in in terms of how the public were feeling about it. But when he was first linked last November and December, and Chelsea wanted him. I saw so many Newcastle fans saying, stay away, you know, he's not a Newcastle United player, and I think it, it has completely turned around. Les says, uh, she didn't want Gordon, but now can see why Eddie Howe did. Once he's truly in Eddie Howe fit, he'll be a real asset. Yeah, 100% agree with that there, uh, Les. Um, yeah, it will be a, a big summer for him. I, I suspect he'll be working hard throughout the summer, and you know, the players always go away on their breaks. But last season, we saw Joe Willick, you know, running uh, across California, and you know, every day he was posting videos of him um, running in. I don't even want to guess what temperature it was, but you know, working hard. We saw Alan at maximum as well, busting and got running up hills and what have you. And well, we'll see it again this summer because the players will be well aware of just how fit they're going to have to be if they want to play a really big part in Eddie Howe's Newcastle United going forward. Yeah, and I think that's only gonna that's only gonna increase over the summer if they strengthen in four or five different positions the level of quality that they've got goes up players like Maxi and Willick and Longstaff need to work even harder than they have done to keep their place um, which is what you want I agree I think you know under Steve Bruce I think players would have enjoyed a nice four five six week break maybe not stuck to their diet maybe just you know sort of let their hair down you know it's completely different it'll be a couple of weeks break you're keeping, you know, you're still training. You're keeping your fitness up, and then bang, you straight back into it in July, when the uh, because before they go you, to America. You don't want to come back to Benton and Eddie Howe straight away. It's putting you through the beep test and all that, and you're already behind. You don't want to be the player who's flagging the like just for your ego and your reputation within the the, the dressing room. You don't want to be the butt of the jokes when you are, you know, blown out when it's you know the, the beep test not even halfway through. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's I mean that's the case at Sunday League. Never mind Newcastle <laughs> United. You never wanted to be the one that was last in that bleep test. But um, I mean, it, the the thing that I always go back to is remember John Joe Shelby. You know, you speak to anyone that used to play with John Joe Shelby. He was not a very good trainer under Eddie Howe. He was you no. Know, he was on holiday in Turkey. You know, working with a trainer every day. You know, there's just been a, a huge mindset change across the entire group. Um, brought on by Eddie Howe and I think it's just so refreshing to see Graham says quality off the bench or starting Anthony Gordon brings depth and competition and that's what's going to be key this summer in the transfer window as well making sure that the competition across all positions is still there and we'll have a bit of a chat about the transfer window later in the show but you mentioned there the Anderson assist you know another start for him and as big as a season it's going to be for Anthony Gordon it's going to be a big season for him as well and we've discussed a lot about whether he should go out on loan next season, whether he should stay. It, it, I mean, I'm split personally because, I, like I said, I think a few episodes ago, if he can be guaranteed more minutes, then he stays because he's clear, clearly an asset. And I think the last two games that he started, if Eddie Howe was 
wavering on what to do next season. I think it's probably been settled. I think he'll be around and in that squad and definitely pushing for a place in the starting eleven. He hasn't looked out of place one bit, has he? He's looked, you know, he's slotted into this new team, whether he's playing a little bit deeper, whether he's out on the left, where I really do like him, you know, in that more attacking position. The amount of games they've got next season, you know, it's going to be a big task, even with it, you know, as I say, if they're going strengthen with six or seven new players, which I can't really see them doing, you know, they're still going to need a big squad. And I think Anderson is a very good squad player to have around that team. He will definitely want to stay now that they've qualified for Champions League. I don't think he'll be pushing for loan, whereas he might have last August been saying, OK, I'll go out again, I'll get more experience. I think this time he'll be saying to how I've stepped in when I need it to be, you know, the last couple of months he's been very good ever since Forrest he's impressed and I, I agree with you I think he needs to be he needs to be kept beyond the summer well, there's other names as well who feature against Chelsea will also have big summers and big decisions to make as well none other than Martin Dubravka now Eddie Howe was very clear in the build up to the Chelsea game that he wants to keep Martin Dubravka he wants to keep Paul Dublin he wants to keep Matt Ritchie but it is up to them and I can see Paul Dummett not kicking the first for bat. Paul Dummett will stay if everything's, you know, on a plate for him. He's going to stay here. Yeah, why wouldn't he? A bit like Anderson, he'll want to go along on the journey, even if he's only afforded maybe three or four starts a season. Um, Matt Ritchie's a little bit different. I've already pushed him forward for a coach role because I think he'd be superb for the 23s. Uh, but again, we all know about his personal, um, you know, will he move back down south to be with his family? That's the big question. Martin Dubravka has the interest. One obviously started there against Chelsea. Uh, a good couple of saves. Um, one, that one-handed one was was fantastic. Went to Manchester United. Didn't get much game time at all. I think you look back on that move as with regret because it, it definitely backfired. The question is now: Does he stay at Newcastle United this summer and get you know the taste of first team football every so often, like he did against Chelsea? There will be opportunities given the amount of games he's got to play, or does he push for a move? To wherever, I mean, wherever he moves to, he's going to have to move down, isn't he, with all due respect. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Do you sit on the bench? Do you train well with these good quality goalkeepers like Nick Pope and then just take your chance when it comes in one of the cup competitions or when indeed someone gets suspended or, or injured? Never mind him regretting it. I'm, I'm really regretting it for him because I feel like he's burnt so many bridges with a lot of the fans. It's almost as if it, it was... It's been forgotten what he did. He kept this club in the league so many times. He was, you know, an absolute fan favourite. And now I feel a little bit sorry for him. With that being said, I still don't know what he wants to do this summer. I I agree. He'll, he will have to move down, but it means he's going to get more minutes. That was the whole point of him leaving last year was because he didn't want to play second fiddle to Pope. I don't know. I thought he was really, really good on Sunday. Um, One of the, one of the better players made some fantastic saves. I would really like him to stay, but I just don't know. He's 34 now. He's not getting any younger. I'm not sure. So I was just Googling there how old he is. I thought you might be doing that. There's the trivia done and dusted for this week, ladies and gents. Aaron's got 100% again. Um, but fair enough then. At the age of 34, though, I suppose the question is, what is next? Because if you're 30, 31... You've still got one big move left. And he maybe thought that my United move was the, the big move. At 34, and I know goalkeepers can go on for, for, well, any professional football these days can go on until they're 37, 38. But maybe if you're Martin Dubravka, you're thinking, well, I'll take four or five starts a season um, and I'll take sitting on the bench on Champions League nights. And you always, you, ne- you never know when a scenario is going to present itself, like Nick Pope getting sent off against Liverpool and missing a cup final. 
And maybe, given his age, given he is pretty much settled here in the northeast, he just says, Do you know what? I'll see him a career out here. I think I think he'll have learned a lot from the Manchester United move. I think he was very hasty to go last summer. He wasted no time. Soon as Pope came in, he was like, Right, I want out. I think this time around he'll probably be thinking and thinking and thinking and just, you know, triple guessing his answers. If you're him, I think you can go to a bottom half Premier League side and probably still get a game. I think he'd be a number one at a lot of clubs lower down the division. Or do you stay and potentially be the Carabao Cup goalkeeper or the FA Cup goalkeeper or, you know, play, you know, as you say, if Nick Pope gets injured, you're a Champions League goalkeeper. I don't know. Is he good enough to be Newcastle's number two for where this club is going? So it's one thing playing him in the early rounds of the FA Cup and League Cup, but let's say the the opportunity presents itself next season as it did this season, Nick Pope gets sent off, there's an FA Cup final, there's a League Cup final, whatever. Do you throw Martin Dubravk in there or do you want or do you think there's a they're, they're gonna go out for a better number two? No, I I I, I don't think Martin Dubravka is a barkeeper at all. I think he would be a very, very good number two. I think as you say, he's thirty four, which isn't too old for a goalkeeper. He looked the other day like he hadn't been, you know, he looked like he'd been playing every week, he was fresh. I think I think as a number two he'd be brilliant. It just comes down to whether he wants to be a number two at the stage of his career. But me personally I would I would love him to stay. Graham says, what's your thoughts on the keeper speculation? Reports that Cruel and Forster could come back regarding the Champions League squad and that homegrown rule. Yeah, I think I think a lot of talk about Fraser Forster coming back. Obviously, Spurs signed him for that reason. It's the reason Manchester United have been signing Jack Butlins and Tom Heatons and Manchester City have just given Scott Carson another deal. You know, sometimes you do need to make moves for the quotas. I think that's a big reason why Anderson will probably stay. Um, as, as along with Dummett, yeah, I, I don't have any any issue with it, and they will be a third choice goalkeeper. You know, let's not beat around the bush. I don't think anybody's going to be getting too excited if Fraser Forster comes because he's not going to play that much. Because he's going to leave Spurs, where he's playing a heck of a lot of games. I well, know Luis is injured, yeah. but he is he is first choice at the moment. And and will he be happy sitting sitting as third choice? It's a bit different to to the situation Carrius found himself in because he didn't have a club, so he's coming and just to be part of the a club kind of dynamic again would have really suited him because he's been out in the cold for so long. But it's a bit different if you're a Forster who's coming from actually getting minutes, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but you'd have to, you'd expect Tottenham to go out and buy a, a, a Loris replacement if he does go out. I, I can't see Fraser Forster being their number one next season. But again, you know, personal preference, is he? does he want one last ride at the club where it all started from? You know, maybe, maybe. So, as I mentioned there, a fantastic save by Dubrovka, that one-handed save and then cleared away. And then there was a lovely moment just for the cameras, I think, where he dives up and catches the ball. That is a definite uh, save for the cameras, but great to see him back between the sticks. And, of course, uh, Nick Pope out injured, uh, has had an operation on his hand. It's yep. been something that's been niggling him for a while, so they've seized the opportunity to make sure that he's ready, uh, you would think, for pre-season in the States. So, good to see the club Forward thinking there and getting that one uh, ticked off. Let's talk about Lewis Miley then. Now the youngest player um, to have played in the Premier League for Newcastle United. Yep. Nearly scored, clipped one off the bar. We only saw, what, 25, half an hour of him. But it looks something to be there. Yeah, a, a mate of mine um, works as a commentator for Chelsea and texted me about five minutes after the game, very, very soon after the full-time whistle, and just texted me saying... Lewis Miley looks a prospect and 
he had a very, very good cameo, I think. Did as much as he could do without scoring in those 15, 20 minutes that he got. You know, very, very exciting future. There's a reason that Newcastle see him as the, you know, the next big thing. Why they've, you know, moved so quickly to offer him this uh, professional deal. And obviously held him back from the, the under-17 World Cup so that he could, you know, play a part in the in the end of the season. I think he's one next season that will have a, you know, a, a big, big future ahead of him. What do you think it does for his development getting this chance to put on the black and white shirt, making his his debut, you know, okay, it's the last game of the season, nothing's riding on it, but that is a massive boost to his development, isn't that he's actually, he's not just training with the players, he's gone out and he's played a bit of Premier League football. Yeah, absolutely massive. I mean, he, he got his first sort of taste of first-team action in Saudi last December. He played in the in the Deria Cup final. He was on the bench at Bournemouth back in Feb. He's had little fits and spells. He's been training with the first team all season, but I think to actually step out at Stamford Bridge, you know, in a in a Premier League game, that takes it to the next level. Um there was a brilliant clip the other day of, of Bruno sat in the in the changing room and Miley sat next to him and he's just just looks like he's taking it all in. He he probably still doesn't believe that it's happening, but you know, from anybody you speak to in the club or if they work with the club, he is the one who has really, really stood out in recent seasons uh, at youth level. And how difficult do you think it is to impress Eddie Howe as a youngster, right? Because obviously we know when Newcastle are going to go, we know the standards he sets, we know what they're going to have to do in the summer transfer to get this squad balance right. Now, he's obviously, he's, he's, he's had a few training with the first team squad. We know that, you know, you've got the likes of Alex Murphy and a few others have been consistently training with that first team. But to actually give them first team opportunities like Elliot Anderson, like Lewis Miley, how difficult do you think it is to catch Eddie Howe's eye and get that opportunity? I, I don't think it's as difficult as it probably would have been under old managers. Eddie Howe, you know, continues to say he wants to give you the chance. He's consistently promoting young players into the first team for training sessions. Whenever he sees fit, he's always, you know, pretty much always alongside Dan Ashworth at some of the under-21 games, which is very, very good to see. Um, look, I think if you work hard and, and you impress when you give him the shot, you'll impress Eddie Howe, and I think... That's what we've seen Miley do. He hasn't been daunted by the step up. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he got to play a little part towards the end of the season, especially, as I say, after not being allowed to go to the World Cup. So Let's say Miley looks like a Ben if you look at his face, but didn't look out of place on the pitch and the lads trusted him with the ball. Yeah, very excited to see his development uh, across the summer and into next season. You imagine he'll be with the lads for the US tour as well. And then... Again, I suppose it's it's the the same question as it was with Anderson. Does he stick here on Tyneside or does he go out on loan? Again, there'll be plenty of suitors for him, but it's just whether either they can find the right loan deal for him or whether Eddie Howe has a pathway for him into the first team here at Newcastle. Yeah, I think if you're asking me now, I think the likelihood is he'll probably go out on loan. I think if they can do what they did with Anderson at Bristol Rovers, get him consistent minutes in a promotion-chasing team in one of those divisions, I think you've got a you know, that's pretty much as you know, as good of an experience as you can get, not in Newcastle. So that would be my guess from but as you say, I think he'll be he'll be involved over the summer when they go to America. Yeah, want to keep a close eye on. Um Alan Maxman, loads of debate again, Rage on social media about the future of Alan Maxman. Anyhow was asked about it, wasn't he? Um, after the game about his future and he said it was it's up to it's up to Alan Maxman to prove that he can be here, he wants to be here. Uh he was arguably Newcastle's most 
threatening player yeah. against Chelsea. He was. He was. He was their most creative outlet in the first half. I thought he had a really good forty-five minutes. His performance sort of dipped in the second half, but I think pretty much everybody's dipped. Um, so I wouldn't hold that against him. Thought he's really, really good, and yeah, it just sort of opens this age-old debate up again about you know, does he have a future? Should they cash in on him? I think if you if you split it down the middle. You've got fifty percent of the fan base on one side and fifty on the other. I think there's there's no real sort of general overwhelming feeling one way or the other. It's it's really, really fascinating. I think it all rests on his attitude yeah. and because we know that everyone fit and raring to go, that I I'm gonna say he's not in Eddie Howe's starting eleven. And I think they might go out and buy someone else to, to maybe fit in that, that spot as well. So He's gone from the main man under Steve Bruce where the game plan was give a chance at Maxwell and close your eyes, keep everything crossed and hopefully something will happen, to being on the bench. Um, and even when Newcastle need that magic at the moment, he's not always the first name Eddie Howe turns to, to to introduce to the game. Does he want to play that role? Does he want to, to, to no longer be you know, the star man? Can he handle that? That's what it comes down to. And if he can apply himself correctly and say, do you know what, okay, I accept that and I'm going to I'm gonna challenge Eddie Howe through hard work on the training pitch and when I get my opportunities by scoring goals, assisting, what have you, then fine, keep him in the squad. If he's not up for that, then maybe a cheeky bid from, from whoever, 50, 60 million pound bid from Spurs, for example, maybe maybe selling them is the right, the right way to go. Yeah, I think, uh, as you say, a lot of it comes down to his mentality, I always remember when he came and there was sort of criticisms in France that he was a really bad trainer and he'd fill out with the Nice manager and he came here and he didn't ever show that. You know, he was always very, very hard working, as you've touched on earlier. Those videos last summer of him really working hard during the off-season. He's been very, very unlucky this season with injuries. He started the season, you know, in such good form. That game against Manchester City that we always bang on about, the Wolves goal... If you can get that maxi back and the maxi that played really well against Liverpool and Manchester United in the second half of the season, it's a no-brainer to keep him. But it goes back to that thing: can he be consistent? And I just don't know. If a suitor comes in with thirty, forty million from, I think it. I don't know. I think they'd be tempted to sell. Aaron's clearly very ner- nervous at this answer because he's busy peeling a sticker off his water <laughs> bottle in nerves of having not to sit on the fence. I, I can't decide though to be honest I, I feel like uh, I, I feel like I never have a consistent answer one week I'm like right keep him he played really well on Sunday and I just thought oh he's, he's won me over again and then he'll drop a stinker for two weeks I'm like oh, I just don't know it comes down to exactly what he has said though it's up to him yeah. now True Rules has come and commented here and says St Maximin has no attitude problem at all stop saying this it's getting old and I'm not saying he's got an attitude problem at all what I'm saying is it comes down to whether he wants to play secondary role in, in, in many ways instead of being the first name on the team sheet to what he was used to that's what it comes down to. I'm not saying he's got an attitude it's just whether he wants to be starting every week and I don't think even if fully fit he, he will be no neither do I I think there's too much there's too much competition for those or that one specific position down the left at the moment uh, you know what it is it's really really funny as I was I was writing an article last week and I was digging through the archives and I Stumbled across the Chronicles' first ever sit-down interview with Stavely. Another day, she got the got the keys to the club, and one of the questions that the, the Chronicle journalist asked was, "Will you 
will you build a team around Alan St. Maximum? And I just thought, how funny that 18 months on, he's gone from being the star man at this football club, they were going to build the future around him, to all of a sudden being like, do we actually sell on him? Because we've actually got Bruno and Jolinton and Trippier and Botman, who are all you know, the main man now. It's, it's really, really fascinating. Uh, Graham says, St. Maximum has tons of quality, but is it a mindset holding him back? Mindset, I don't know. I think we saw this towards the end of Steve Bruce's reign as well. I think his decision making has improved drastically. Where he was often trying to be an extra man, we saw him crossing the ball back into the box, and I think that's continued under Eddie Howe. And I do actually think at times he's looked, he's looked restrained. You know, like 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 the shackles are on, but you've got to get that balance with the kind of style that he how likes to play and it, it has to be so disciplined for it to work you know the, the high pressing nature it's only going to work if everyone remains disciplined and does what they've been asked to do and to be fair some players will do what they've been asked to do but they'll just not be that good at actually doing what they've been asked to do especially in a defensive uh, um you know situation i don't think he's i don't think it's mindset i just i just wonder whether you know, he might be better suited at a, at a club that can maybe afford a more attacking style, which sounds daft given all the goals have scored and, and the way games have gone this season. But I think what underpins the way Newcastle have played this season is that defensive discipline from from the front to the back. And that's the one big negative that everybody always calls upon us. It's that when you play Dan Byrne behind Maxi, you know he's going to get exposed. You know that the tracking back isn't going to be there. And it's a little bit like the Dubravka situation. Does Maxi think, right, if I'm not going to get a game here behind Gordon and Joel and Isaac on the left next season, do I just go and, and try and settle for a mid-table Premier League club where I'm going to be the star man again? An Everton or a, I don't know, a West Ham? I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a fascinating one. Barry says Maxman is a brilliant player on his day, must keep him on a busy season. But you see, right, you see, Barry, there is my issue. On his day, yeah, and that's that's the issue. The consistency is the issue. Yeah, you know, on his day, yeah, fantastic. But how many how many of those days do we see in a season? And also, what what I think you can never guarantee with Alan St. Maximum is that he can't stay fit for a full season, and that's that's been a big negative because I think if we'd seen him for a lot more this season, would be a lot more settled, and I'm staying. Well, that he's last hardly injury, yeah. you just started getting in good form, and then he dropped yeah. out, and that is so. frustrating. The mighty win says Sir Maxim is trying to follow instructions, but is no good at it and detracts from what he does best, which he doesn't produce sufficiently often. And I think that is kind see, of see even the even the comments are split, which yeah, we keep which them we love to see. Keep, we love keep, to them, see. keep them coming. Um, now on Sunday against Chelsea, oh, there was a big chance for Miggy, and I've got written down here three players in double figures for Newcastle United, which hasn't happened for an extremely long time. I don't think it's ever happened in the Premier League, actually. Um, Wilson on 18, Miggy on 11, and Isaac on 10. I mean, the first thing to take away from that is Isaac had about half a season fully fit. Yeah. So imagine what happens next year. We'll get on to that in a second. Golden boot winner. Wilson, I predicted you were going to be at the 20-barrier mark. What do I know? Miggy, though, he should have scored on Sunday. And a lot of people are mentioning this in the comments as well. Just about the way he's only one, he's only got one foot, and and I've also seen the debate raging on social media as well about, you know, is his season and his goals 
has appeared over the cracks slightly. As the founder chair of the Miguel Almiron fan club, I'm going to say, no, it hasn't. He's a quality player. He got that discipline. He runs himself into the ground. He does exactly what he's asked of. And yes, the fact that he's only one foot is slightly annoying and frustrating. But, you know, 11 goals this season. Does he get that next season? I'm hoping so. Is he still here next season? Definitely so. How big of a part is he playing? That's probably the question, especially if Moussa Diaby comes in as your your hoping now. And your thoughts on, on that chance on Sunday by Miggy and, and the long-term future? Oh, that, that one chance, I think he had about four that he should have buried. And I think if that game had been played before Christmas, he would have buried all of them. But I think, did we just see a player going through the purplest of purple patches before Christmas? And as it all just came crashing back down, it was back to literally what we were seeing last season with Miggy, where he doesn't use his right foot so annoyingly. I, I don't know. I think, look, I agree with you. He's definitely here next year. And he's saved his Newcastle career, I think, from his first six months this season. Does he start next season? I, I don't know. But there's plenty of games. He will start some of them. But I just think, is he nailed on as he was for 75% of the season? I don't think so. But we were singing his praises after that Brighton performance as the best non-goal-scoring performance you'll ever see. Yeah, and again, again, this is what we've just been talking about for 10 minutes while it's at maximum it's consistency. And again, it's a it's a problem with Miggy because he drops that 10 out of 10 performance at Brighton where he doesn't score, but he's an absolute, you know, has a blinder. And then, I don't know, what you're always going to get from him is you're always going to get graft and hard work and he's a very good team player, something that maybe Maxi isn't. But I just think in the big games, when you need him to do it all the time, I don't know, it's just, it's it's gone from, before Christmas you knew Miggy got the ball and he looked so confident he was going to score. He didn't even need to watch, you knew it was going to go in. Now it's back to, well, is he going to score? Is he just going to, you know, take too long and put it on his left foot and put it wide? I don't know. Can I have your membership card? Look, back, and look, and I know I, I feel like it, it might have to be revoked. <laughs> look, I love Miggy, and as I say, he's he's such a good part of this team when things are going well. He's he's had a fantastic season, but I, I don't know. I just think consistency again is is, is another sort of sticking point. Graham says Miggy had that great chance on on Sunday, but always wants to come back on his left foot all the time. Where's his right? Much prefer Harvey Barnes. We want progress players. We need to be able to use both feet. Yeah, yeah. And um, I know Harvey Barnes has been linked, and we will, I promise, speak about transfers in a moment. We mentioned Isaac there, Aaron. He's been selected as one of the nominees for the Chronicles uh, Player of the Year. You came up with these nominees, didn't you? That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. If, if 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 people think the nominees are terrible, then it wasn't me. But. If they... <laughs> If they think they're okay, then yeah, I had a hand in it. So the four you've picked, and I, I don't envy you because you could have picked oh, honestly. eight or nine. Um, Nick Pope, Joe Linton, and Sean Longstaff. The three of them not featuring against Chelsea. So the fourth one is Alexander Isaac. Again, you know, he, he gets the nod ahead of Callum Wilson on, on Sunday. You've already said, don't read too much into that last game of the season, etc. Yeah. But he just looks such an... He looked so much more threatening, though, yeah. in that central role. And for me... I think I think he has to be Newcastle's start and striker. If you're going to play that formation, I think the way he looked against Chelsea, his best game I think in a while because he's been out on that flank, mm-hmm. and also the longevity of Callum Wilson probably depends on him not playing too many minutes. Mm-hmm. We know he's got through the last few months, well, last few weeks unscathed. But let's be honest, we're all expecting something to go wrong if he starts every game again. So I think it works for Callum Wilson. I think it works for Isaac. He just looks better in that central role. 
Yeah, he does. I thought he, I thought he was um, very, very good. Very unlucky not to score early on against Chelsea. It goes back to what we've been saying for weeks. I think they're so much better when they've got a plan B off the bench, um, which they had on Sunday. He's like obviously moved out to the left eventually. Very good point you make about Wilson. I think the reason we've seen him have such a good end to the season is because he's been managed properly. He hasn't been exhausted. He had that World Cup break. He was, you know, really struggled after coming back from Qatar. You know, Isaac came into the team for a bit, helped Wilson. And I think next season, given how long it's going to be, and you know, if they go deep into both, you know, cup competitions in England, never mind the Champions League, it's going to be such a fatiguing season. You're going to need Wilson, Isaac, and probably another striker to maybe rotate a little bit. So, but for me, if you start on one or the other next season, I think you've got to start with Isaac. He's the future. He's the future of the club. Graham says Miggy's enthusiasm is infectious and we love him for it, but quietly going forward, hmm, so he's not too sure about that. Quite a few people along the same comments. Uh, we've all got a soft spot for Miggy, but it's high time for a right winger who took chances away, yeah. says Ricardo. I think that's pretty Spot much on. like I say they kind of take on Miggy at the moment so you can all get out of the Miggy fan club thank you very much um, yeah I think Isaac like I say is the future he just looks so much better than that central role and it's be interesting to see where they go in the summer because I still think they need a striker and, and what kind of striker they do bring in a word for my target starts at left back ahead of Dan Byrne just good to see him starting a game getting minutes under his belt the key question there is how important is a left back in the summer? Yeah, it, we've been saying on this podcast for a while. I think it's definitely one of their top priorities. They need you know someone who's just going to offer that little bit more going forward. Target's fantastic. He maybe you know lacks a bit of pace. He hasn't really put a foot wrong. But I think you know if this if this team want to stay in the top four and you know make sure the season isn't a flash in the pan, they need sort of an upgrade in that position and. It's a shame because Burn and Target have done very well, but I think yeah, the quality just needs to be elevated a little bit. Some tough decisions to be made though, given how well the likes of Dan Burn have Absolutely. done, Jacob Murphy. You know, Eddie Howe has made it clear he wants to keep the majority of the squad together as well as he can do, and there'll not be a big influx of arrivals. Or, you know, the budget isn't as big as maybe people hoped it was. But at some point, if it's not this summer, it'll be January and the summer afterwards. The players who have gotten to this point and played really well. It's a massive season for them because Jacob Murphy's played his best football probably of his career. Can he maintain that next season? Dan Byrne, that's a difficult conversation for Eddie Howe to, to have and he'll, he'll have it because that's what he's paid to do. We know he can be ruthless, but hey, Dan, you did brilliantly, but I'm going to go and sign this player to play left back because that's what we need. It, it, there are going to be some difficult discussions to have in the next, what, yeah, 18 months or so. It feels really weird to say that, you know, they need to make a change at left-back when they've got the best defence in the league, statistically. They've lost the joint fewest amount of games with Manchester City. And that back five has been so solid, you could have counted them on 95% of the games a season. But I don't know, it just it just feels sort of an, you know, an inevitability about them moving you know, someone in that left-back position and keeping maybe the other four positions the same. But as you say... You know, you can't knock down Burn, and, and it will be a tough, tough conversation to have when he has it. Now, you mentioned that they've got the, the joint low scores against this season, 33 alongside Manchester City, which is brilliant. Trippier getting all the plaudits. I think he's in most people's team of the season. Um, Newcastle's player of the season. But, Aaron, 
not in your nominees for Newcastle Player of the Season. Don't. Would you like to explain this yeah, one? Yeah, because let's just explain myself fully because I got asked to, you know, do a shortlist of four. I could have probably done 14 if I'm honest. I had to leave Trippier out, which I, I do regret now. I had to leave Botman out. I had to leave Willick out. I had to leave so many fantastic players. I had to leave Burn and Chair out. It was it was such a hard task. I could have I could have been there all night. Eventually, I had to settle on four. But I think if I had my time again, I would I would probably put Trippier in there. Do you want some stats on Kieran Trippier this season, Aaron? Trippier created the most chances from set pieces, seventy six, since the opt out records began back in 2003-2004. That's when they first started collecting that data. Played the most passes into the box, 551 by a player in a season on record. And the most successful crosses with 138 since good old Jermaine Pennant back in 2005. Do you know, you know what I think was behind it? I just couldn't shake that, you know that two-month period you have after the World Cup? That was what was known at my mind. I could have put Miggy in there, but he had a really... Below par setting. For what it's worth, right? That was my that was my reasoning. For what it's worth, I've said repeatedly that Joe Linton is my player of the season, the most consistent performer. Where he's come from to where he's at now, the team looks worse when he's not in it. For me, he gets my vote. Nick Pope, I don't think you can argue with that. I mean, he's been absolutely tremendous. You know, that defence, as much as it's been brilliant, not conceding goals. It's not because it's been unbreachable. There have been moments it's looked really vulnerable. And if you look back at some of the saves Nick Pope's made, mm-hmm. that one against Leicester, for example, he's got yeah. no right to make that save. Yeah. It's down to him being a fantastic shot stopper. So can't argue with that. Sean Longstaff. Maybe this is where my my love for Sean Longstaff has maybe clouded my judgment and that's why he snuck in ahead of trip, yeah. But he's had a fantastic season as well. Yeah, I don't, again, but I don't think anyone would, would argue w- with that. And again, the point is, is that you could just put so many people yeah. in. I mean, Callum Wilson, top scorer, not in it. So, yeah, don't hate on Aaron. It was a difficult... He did text me asking me what would I do, and I just said, I don't envy you doing yeah, it. Yeah, it, so. it was a tricky, tricky... Um, but yeah, please do vote, even if you think the selections are rubbish. Yeah, the, the link to vote is in the live here and in the podcast description as well. So do vote. I'll be voting for Joe Linton, and we'll announce... The um, winner, I don't know when the vote closes, in a couple of weeks' time. One thing I do want to say about that, though, I remember St. Maximum winning twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Last season it was, I don't know, it was last season, Bruno, but he did, maybe? I'm going to say Bruno, he did win it twice in a row, though. Wasn't, I don't know if he was nominated last season, he's not nominated this season. It shows you again that, you know, where Newcastle have come from. They, they were relying practically on one player. Now, as we've said there, you could have named 10 nominees and no one would have turned their nose about it uh, and Maxi I think wouldn't even get in a lot of you know people's team in the season never mind shortlist for player of the season so yeah it's a it shows that the guards changing I think it is it is so Newcastle I think are the only team in the Premier League to remain unbeaten in London yeah joint lowest defeats five with Manchester City mm-hmm. uh, 100 Premier League goals scored under Howe in 65 games good start Kevin Keegan the only other Newcastle United manager to reach that in a quicker amount of time, which was 47 games. So, Eddie Howe's goal scoring Magpies well and truly rocking the show. Brilliant to see. Right, let's go on to transfers just quickly. Throughout the summer, me and Aaron are going to be here, usually on a Monday. Not next Monday, though, because Aaron's off Galavan and he's got more holidays booked in. The Tuesday. No, excuse me. Excuse me, I've got one holiday booked in. He's, had, he's had more holidays booked in this year, sorry. 
Can you let me finish my really, really clever quip that I've been thinking about all morning, on, please? Man. He's had more hold. He's got. He's throwing his now. He's got more holidays booked in than a travel agent. Hey. You ruined it there. You absolutely hey. threw us off. This is the quality podcast. There's no, yeah, there's no pre-season break for me. I'll be here after after next Monday. I'm here every day. Me, I'm going to be doing three a.m. I'm going to be doing three a.m. feeds me, in the morning exactly. with a newborn. I don't think that's, that's going to be no a break. Excuse. It's going to be the most beautiful thing, but it's definitely not going to be a no break. Excuse at all. Um, transfers then. Already we've seen links and 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 you know reports, firm reports about scouts being sent to to who. The name that I never pronounced right. Oh, it's uh, Sobersly from. Uh, so there looks Leipzig. like this, this is something there, but again, it goes back to the budget and do you splash all your budget, which we believe what it's going to be a hundred million or so. That's what sources are, are, are leading everyone to believe. I mean, that's going to be a big chunk of your budget, but is that, that's the quality you're after, isn't it? Yeah, it all it all goes back to what how wants to do. Does he does he splash out on two or three big names, which he is sort of insisting he wants to do. He he doesn't want to. Big grand re-ramp. He just wants two or three sort of big changes. But again, that means does it leave them a little bit short in depth? That's the dilemma that we keep going back to. But it would take a lot out of the budget if, to go for the uh, the Leipzig Leipzig attacker. Unana is another one that's been linked from Everton. He's looked really decent. You know, he cost Everton a lot of money, but he has looked at a, a good player. And it, it, they, we know they're looking in that area of the pitch. He'd fit that. Newcastle United squad perfectly, I think, because he's got the running about him, and that's what you need in that kind of area of the pitch. I think that would be a good. I think that would be a good signing. Yeah, big presence, very young, fits the profile, fantastic first season in England. I think if Everton had went down, that would have been an absolute cracking buy. I think now they've kept, they've stayed up. Maybe it's. But maybe he looks maybe. around and thinks, "I want European football." I mean, yeah, maybe. The is out of contract. I think, if I'm not mistaken, so it could be. You know, when they have to be clever, there are quite a few players you look at and think, well, you could sign him for, for a year or two. I mean, the goal that they score, he scored to keep out yeah, up was fantastic absolutely fantastic. Um, you look at Leeds, you know, Rodrigo, Tyler Adams, there's options there that they could go and not cost the earth. I mean, Declan Rice has been linked as well, but he's been linked to Bayern Munich and Arsenal, so it shows you the competition Newcastle are going to have. Yeah, I mean, and Rice, I think if we're talking about Solisly breaking the bank, Rice is probably their budget and a little bit extra. Um yeah, a lot of players, as we keep touching, you know, don't be afraid to go and buy from relegated teams. A lot of this Leeds team, it's, it's coming out in the last couple of days that they've got, you know, relegation clauses. Jack Harrison being one of them, uh, Brendan Harrison being another. Leicester, you know, we don't really need to talk too much because we already know. Madison, you take Barnes, Harvey Barnes yeah, and James Madison. 100%. If I'm being completely honest, Iheanacho, very good player. Um, Ricardo Pereira, right back. There's some very, very good players in that Leicester team. I can't, still can't believe how they've actually gone down. Um, they've got to be clever there's a lot of free agents out there I mean already I think agents are probably going to be on the phone talking to them Liverpool have let four or five big names go Tottenham have obviously already touting sort of Lucas Moura around there's going to be a lot of a lot of free agents that you look at think they could do a job if the wages aren't too high yeah as our colleague Lee Ryder reported last week Newcastle have been offered Lucas Moura he scored a fantastic goal Great for goal, Spurs doesn't he yeah. written in the stars that one and he might not excite players too much, but he certainly just fills a gap, doesn't he? You know, and this is what it maybe Newcastle United need to do. It's not all about building for the future. They're going to have to sign some players which are maybe a bit of a stopgap. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've got to add a nice blend of experience and youth. I think going into the Champions League. I mean, look, Lucas Moura is the perfect example because he's he's getting on a little bit. He hasn't really been in the Spurs team for a while, but. 
Champions League experience. You know, he fills a gap in a position they probably need another body in in right midfield. He's Brazilian. It takes a lot of boxes. If he's, if he's not going to demand too much of wages, it's a deal that makes sense. It keeps the cost down. Um, I, I wouldn't be against Lucas Moura at all. And another uh, transfer line from our uh, Chief Sports Rally rider is that Newcastle are expected to be offered the chance to sign Ferran Torres. Moved from Manchester City to Barcelona, uh, but he's out of contract, I think, next season, so that he could be available for around £30 million or so. And also in that same article, um, Newcastle sent scouts to Wembley to watch the championship playoff. And one name that has been linked is the big striker up top for Coventry, Victor Garagres. Totally pronounced that wrong. Do don't, I have a go? Don't ask me how to say no, that. No, right. Sorry. 24 year old, 21 goals, 10 assists uh, this season. Interestingly, at a live event last Thursday, the BBC Radio Newcastle's Matthew Raisbeck said he was a big fan of him and yeah, he, he thinks that because Newcastle are going to have to be clever with the budget, actually looking down at championship sides isn't going to be off the table because just because they haven't played Premier League football, I mean, it's, it's a big step up, but, you know, they are some gems in the championship who just need that opportunity. Absolutely. I think you look at some of the um, players that have been in around the playoffs, even the likes of... I know Alex Scott at Bristol City has a lot of suitors from big Premier League teams. There's definitely young talent to, to poach there. Um, and again, if it's going to keep the cost of the budget down, I don't think they should be afraid to, to do so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And as I was going to say before, Aaron ruined my really good joke. <laughs> we will be here every week as long as there's news and content to bring you. We're not going to force any episodes out, but we think we've got a plan to bring you an episode the money show every week um, with guests and analysis and, and obviously just breaking news in general so stick with us hit that subscribe button as well um, for other episodes coming your way we will bring you the live event part two on Saturday where you can hear Aaron alongside Kieran Kelly Lee Ryder Simon Bird and Matthew Riesbeck talking about all things Newcastle United we've uploaded the Nobby Solano one um, that's just below this episode on your podcast provider give that a listen it's a really um, good 40 minutes or so speaking with a two legend um Brilliant night hard, wasn't it, on Thursday? You enjoyed it? Yeah, fantastic night. Yeah, Nobby, great value. Great value. Yeah, it was a really good laugh. And I'll put um, some of the videos out on YouTube as well so you can watch it in person. Thank you very much for everyone who came along. Um, it was a, a tremendous evening. We're going to finish then on some trivia. Oh, go on then. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for it. So, Newcastle United, as I mentioned, 100 Premier League goals. Um, I don't know the score. I think it scored 68 Premier League goals this season. Actually, 100 Premier League goals under Eddie Howe. I want you to name the top scorer, Newcastle United's top scorer from every month of the season. Oh, I can give you the number of goals. Okay. So, August yep. 2. So, you've got to think back to who they, who yeah, they were playing. And what I, um, I will okay. say this is a little bit hard, hard because, for instance, the Man City game seems like 5,000 years ago. I've just, not. Yeah, you know what it is? I've just done a big season recap as well. I should know this. So, in August, they played City, they played Liverpool, and they played Forest. Sharon, I'm going to say Callum Wilson with two. Callum Wilson with okay. two. Good September, one. Just the one. Because oh, it was the international break, wasn't it? Um, Miggy? Alexander Isak against oh. Liverpool. October, six. Hang on, was I'm sure Liverpool was... August 31st. Oh, well, maybe. If that wasn't September. Well, in September, there was no one. Okay. But I don't believe so. But go on. We'll, we'll have a steward's inquiry at the end. Oh, no. Um, did he score against against 
but there was a one-one draw, wasn't there against Bournemouth? Was it against uh, that? Yeah, sorry, but I don't know. Yeah, it might have been Isaac. Anyway, yeah. I think Isaac is right. Okay. One, right? Yeah. October six, Miggy, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah. November two. In November, they they only had three games because of the um, because of the World Cup. Willick scoring the win against Chelsea to make it for one nil. Who did they? Oh, they played Southampton away. Oh. Was it Willock? Yeah, it Willock was Willock. Too. We've got scored against Southampton and Chelsea. December, you've got three names all on one because okay. they only scored in one, in one, one game. Yeah. They had two games, but they only scored in one. Yeah, it was the 3-0 win at Leicester and it was Miggy, Joel Linton and Wilson. No, it was Chris Wood. Remember Chris him? Wood, oh, Remember Chris hell, Wood? Yeah, of course. January, we've only got one again. Bloody hell, I've scored 68 goals. Uh, one in January, so they, they drew with Arsenal in January. And they... January... Isaac? Isaac was the one. Yeah. February, one. Because, they, remember, there was the cup final, but there was, oh, of it course, was, it was yeah. broken up as well. So, yeah, so they got beat against Liverpool 2-0, so they didn't score then. They lost in the cup final. Will I get this one, or is it a bit vogue? No. You've already mentioned him. Miggy? Yeah, it was Miggy, yeah. March, three. Yeah, it's got to be Isaac, surely. Two against Forest, yeah. one against Wolves. Into April, I don't even need the number. Callum Wilson with it. Yes, and also Isaac on four and Julian on four. So April. So that was, was the month they scored. The, yeah, the, all the goals. And then into May with three. Um, it will be Callum Wilson. It is Callum Wilson, definitely. There yeah, we go. I'll tell you what, that was a that was a nice little end of the season. And just to be clear, your mom didn't help you with this no, one. She didn't. No, not not this not this week. So I just want to say, you know, last week when we had the trivia, and Aaron clearly cheated but didn't tell us, and I only realised by looking at his face. It turns out that not only did he cheat, and he'd seen it the morning of, his mom also helped him out. No, what what had happened was is that is that I got I got the. Funny enough, before you even mentioned it, I got it sent ahead of time by my mum. Said, "I'll fill this in," and then the Chronicle's own Twitter account put it out on the morning. So I, I had it read out to us twice, pretty much. As social media editor, I know what's definitely going on on our Twitter account. Yeah, yeah that would be, I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> um, fantastic. Well, that has been everything. This black and white podcast, and the last one of the season. I say we will be back the weekly. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened throughout the season. It's been a privilege to bring you these shows. We really enjoy them. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to doing them throughout the summer, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we will try and stick to a Monday. I, I feel like we get so many comments saying, oh, it's, a, it's the Monday show on a Tuesday again, is it? But we will strive to um, do them on a Monday. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, as we say, we, we do enjoy doing the show a lot and, and we'll be sure to bring you a lot more during the summer. And I'm going to make sure I don't wear a green shirt in front of the green screen because you can actually see anyhow. <laughs> Looks like you've got a little t-shirt. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> looks like I've purposely cut out a little bit so you can see my chest. I mean, this is... This Nobody is wants to see that. That just looks extremely <laughs> weird. Um, but yes, uh, tremendous uh, season to cover out. Like I say, we've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you to everyone who's come to the live events, who's followed the podcast, who comments on these shows when we broadcast them live. And, also has watched the additional content over on YouTube. As Aaron said there, it's been a privilege. We love doing it. We won't be going anywhere during the summer. We've got plenty of things planned. 
But in the meantime, head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep the date with all the latest Newcastle United news about the transfer blog running. We'll bring you all the, the rumours, the gossip, and of course, all the real firm transfer links via Aaron, via Kieran, via Lee. We'll be hopefully first to some of them as well. And in the meantime, keep yourselves nice and safe. Enjoy the nice weather. I mean, Aaron and the rest of the team will see you shortly.